Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. KFI AM 640, The Monique Marvez Show. I had to start off with uh, You're My Best Friend by Queen, just because I love Queen, and this is the time of year that I just get excited. It's like, it's not officially summer until we have, I I guess, Memorial Day, but to me, Cinco de Drinco kind of kicks off summertime. And I'm, I'm not Mexican, and I don't drink, so I don't know why I find Cinco de Drinco so exciting, but again, I think it's because it kicks off something. The days have been longer for a while now, but I just love this time of year. And I know people are like, eh, it's hot. Well, we have flowers, you know? You can offset heat with flowers. You can offset heat with summer vacation. I don't even take summer vacation. But the idea of seeing the throngs of people on Hollywood Boulevard with their selfie sticks and Spider-Man, I think it's because the first time I came to Los Angeles was in a summer a long time ago, the galaxy far, far away. This time of year always kind of takes me back. So first of all, I, uh, the royal wedding is on everybody's mind. No matter how much you try to ignore it, a little later on in the show, I'm going to talk about how Will Ferrell and Molly Shannon are going to cover the royal wedding as Cord and Tish. Now, I don't even know what that means. When December, I love that December kind of slants the show a little more towards pop culture than I do. It's nice to have new flavors to go in different directions. I've had boy producers. We had Johnny Z. We had non-intern Nick. We had Poindexter. We had Joey for a minute. And, and now we have December. And, uh, and she's, she's bringing stuff. Thank you, December. Because I would have never known that who Tish and Cord are. And, and I still kind of don't. But this story... I don't know if it's Cinco de Mayo to me because I think of just like revelry in the streets and pistolas and ay, 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 or whatever. And there's a long history to Cinco de Mayo that I talked about on a Cinco de Mayo show on a Sunday years ago, which is ultimately Cinco de Mayo was kind of a hollow victory, but it held off some forces long enough to help us. And I, I might have to Wikipedia that later. But Cinco de Mayo in Mexico, ultimately ended up helping the United States in one of its endeavors. All right, here's the headline that kind of, what? This is so, like the thought that, that I, I'm just going to put it out there, that's sort of some, some hood stuff, some ghetto hood stuff. This is the world we live in, how everything's sort of a hodgepodge and a mix-up. Now you have royalty. Okay, first of all, you have Prince Harry marrying an actress who's divorced like this is a big deal he already knew he wasn't going to get the throne he already knew that his brother's in line in fact his brother is basically going to bullfrog chuck chuck 
Prince Charles married Camilla because he already knew. I'm old. It's not going to happen for me. I might as well marry the divorced woman who I've been in love with for forever. So it's it's going to be William. It's William and Kate and the kids. So Harry's like, all right, I'll straighten up and fly right and stop acting like a maniac because he has his history. I think we all remember the Halloween costume with the swastika. But now he's going to marry Meghan Markle, who is mixed race, three cheers for diversity. She is uh, from a broken family. She is divorced herself. And Meghan Markle's brother tells Prince Harry not to marry his sister. Now, if this is not some kind of reality show drama at the highest, highest levels. Incidentally, even though Will and Molly are Tish and Cord, evidently, I believe that the, uh, the Kardashian West clan has not been invited to the royal wedding. I saw a wonderful picture yesterday on social media of uh, Sir Paul McCartney. He's very excited about going to this uh, situation. So Meghan Markle's elder brother has penned an extraordinary letter in which he urged Prince Harry to cancel the upcoming royal wedding. Like that's going to happen. The handwritten note by Thomas Markle Jr., 51, tries to settle old scores by saying that his sister had turned her back on her family and abandoned their father, whom he claimed had gone into debt to support her acting career. The letter, published by In Touch magazine, directly addresses the prince, pleading with him that this is the biggest mistake in royal wedding history. Uh, has anybody looked back at Fergie? Uh, there was a whole kind of scandalous toe-sucking with some Texas uh, businessman, last name of Brian. I mean, look, the, the, the royal families, they've had, it's, they've had issues. They've had issues... I mean, before Diana passed, there were issues. She was in the process of trying. I mean, who divorces a prince who's on his way to the throne? But, you know, there's been scandal for a long time. So a mixed race princess who's divorced. It's the, the days of marrying, you know, a virgin who has no checkered past or whatever is over. In fact, I think one of Charles's brother dated a porn star named Koo Stark back in the 80s. Man, where do I, where do I even know this stuff? It, it scares me. Anyway, to be clear, one of the things uh, that I find interesting and why this story, you know, kind of uh, touched me in a way is because here's a girl who's getting married for the second time. Hello, I can identify. And you've met what you believe to be a prince. This time it's a real prince, but in your, you know, you met him at Soho House. You met him at the club and he's a cool guy and he's cute and he's charming and he's, you know, his family's got issues. His parents didn't get along so well. None of this is new, except you've got extraordinary amounts of money and some cool houses thrown in. Uh, This is the brother goes on to say Megan's attempt to act the part of a princess like a below sea average Hollywood actress is getting old. Well, first of all, her brother has notable substance abuse problems. Uh, Thomas Jr. is a window fitter from Oregon and shares the same father as the royal bride-to-be, whom he has not seen since 2011. Seven years! He has had brushes with the law, having been arrested in 2017 for allegedly holding a gun to his girlfriend's head during an argument, although the charges were later dropped. 
Something tells me that this guy is not an expert on relationships or huge mistakes except the ones he's made himself. The father, who is broke and living in Mexico, he's claiming that those debts were run up helping her be an actress. I don't think so. I don't think that you go into debt and run off to Mexico and look like you've been drinking since the middle of the last century because your daughter wanted to be an actress. So to be clear, this this whole break is to let you know that even when you find your prince, even when you get the royal wedding, even when everything is absolutely going your way and Paul McCartney's excited to be at your wedding and Will Ferrell is going to make some sort of tongue-in-cheek fun mockery, but it's still on HBO, at the end of the day, it's okay where you come from. It's okay who your family is. Everybody's got a little ghetto in them. Everybody's got some hood. Everybody's got substance abuse. Everybody's got the cray-cray. So it's Cinco de Mayo. Just get out there and celebrate some form of independence, some form of fun, some form of summers here. Let's do this. The Monique Marvez Show on KFI AM 640, tossing to Michael Chappé. See you KFI AM 640, Cinco de Mayo. I I have to keep saying that only because I'm so grateful that you guys hang out with me on Saturday nights. I absolutely love how much you guys tweet, looking forward to my Saturday night date, hanging out with at Monique Marvez, Jose Ortiz, thank you for that. And incidentally, I don't, from time to time, I'll say people's full names, but he, he has his own name on Twitter. That's what he uses. I'm going to jump right into Mugshot of the Week because this was a story that we talked about a while back. And it was a hilarious story when it happened. And now we know the answer. Mystery Pooper. This is the Mugshot of the Week. And, <laughs> and his face, he, you just got to go the, to the website and look at the face. Just go to my page. And also, thank you, December. She posts everything on social media. You can see it on my Instagram, the Monique Marvez Show Instagram. This guy's face is priceless. It's not scary. It's not weird. It's just the lack of contrition. The, yeah, what are you going to do about it? It's, it's pretty priceless. Mystery pooper at New Jersey High School's track turned out to be a superintendent, cops say. Superintendent. So last Monday, the Kenilworth School superintendent was charged with defecating in public. He was caught in the act. Now, my question is, and I'm looking at him. He's he's attractive. He's a grown-ass Caucasian male who appears to... He just looks like he would drive a Lexus. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't look like the kind of guy that would pull his his pants down. He probably has expensive pants, Tommy Bahama. He's He's that guy. He's the guy that wears Under Armour to the store. He's the guy with Lululemon yoga pants, even though he doesn't go to yoga. Like, he's that guy. The Kenilworth School superintendent was charged with defecating in public. He was caught in the act at Homedale High School football field and tracked after surveillance was set up due to human feces being found on a regular basis, police said. Now, on a, when you have to set up, first of all, Big Brother is watching you. You have to know that. 
How, how did this guy think he was going to get away with pooping on the track a lot? Because this story made me laugh last year. I mean, yeah, I, I think it was last year, last fall. Um, his name is Thomas Tromolini. And I say that because it's spelled T-R-A-M-A-G-L-I-N-I. It's clearly Italian. And usually when there's a G, it's silent. So I'm just going to say Thomas Tremolini, 42, lives about three miles from Homedale High School in neighboring Aberdeen. He was running at the track on the athletic fields at 5.50 a.m. before he was arrested. Track coaches and staff at Homedale High told the district's resources officers they found human feces on or near the football field and track daily. Homedale police said in a statement just Thursday. School employees began monitoring the area. On Monday, police arrested him. And, by the way, he was arrested to Sarge, by Sergeant Theodore Sigismondi. Also, you know, Sigismondi arrested Tremolini, saying, come on, what's the matter? Are you, have you eaten too much gabagool? I'm making this into the Sopranos. Is it, is, it, is it loosening you up? Maybe you should eat some cheese. It's a little bit binding sometimes when you eat the cheese. Tromolini is also charged with lewdness and littering. He is due in municipal court on Monday uh, to answer charges. Now, my question is, and this is one of the headlines, New Jersey mystery pooper scandal. We have so many unanswered questions. Now, something tells me that it isn't just about the fact that, you know, he he was taking a paid, let's get back to what happened to him once they caught him. Tromolini has taken a paid paid leave of absence from his 147,000. Did I not say this? Did I not say he looked under armory, Lexusy? $147,000 a year job in Kenilworth. Leave can only be unpaid if a person is indicted or faces tenure charges, the district said, citing state law. Because you wonder, like, why are you going to pay this guy who regularly poops on a high school track. It's like I poop on my job. I, I'm a superintendent. I poop on all of you. I don't care. I'm going to poop till you catch me. Tremolini replaced Superintendent Scott Taylor, who resigned in August of 2015. Tremolini had per- previously served as chief academic officer. Like this guy is in charge of young minds. Chief academic officer. When you say superintendent, like you understand... This is in charge. He was previously employed as a part-time lecturer at Rutgers, but does not currently work at the university, according to a spokesperson, like they would, you know, claim him. Now, these are the headlines that we read last year. Mad crapper. Internet explodes over New Jersey mystery pooper. The puns abound. The questions are endless. But here's the only question that I really have. The question that I have is, was he a runner who got loosened up while he was running, or this is what I believe, I think there was some malice. I think he did it on purpose. I mean, we're not going to know till Monday. And to be clear, I'm going to follow up on this just because I want to know. But but you got to ask yourself, why? why? Why can't you poop before you leave your house? Why can't you run to the closest Starbucks like everybody else? I believe this is malice. I believe you can see in his picture he has no remorse. This guy has beef with somebody, and this is what he did to take it out on them. Now, this is a silly little story that begged a lot of questions. World's oldest spider has died after wasp attack. 
Researchers said number 16, evidently that's what they named it. Uh, I'm going to just say Jouse villasus trapdoor spider. So evidently there's different breeds of trapdoor spider. I think just saying scary hairy spider, number 1, 2 through 16. But it's a Jouse villasus trapdoor spider was the oldest spider when she died at 43. How do you keep a spider alive for 43 years? Who did that? Who was monitoring the spider? Well, number 16, as researchers knew, the female Jouse Villasus trapdoor spider outlived the previous Guinness World Record holder, a pet tarantula in Mexico by 15 years. You think? 43-year-old spider? Thanks in large and part living to her living in a single burrow. Now, my question is, if this spider is being tracked, monitored, quantified, how did the wasp even get into the spider? Researchers monitored number 16 in her home in the outback since she was born in 1974. Trapdoor spiders are ambush predators and burst from their burrows to snatch smaller prey that walks past them. So I guess even though they were researching, sort of like reality shows, you know, this is like naked and afraid of animals. Even though they were watching her, they were monitoring her, they were hoping she could make it to 50. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. They couldn't interfere. It's kind of like when those naked and afraid people get poison ivy, even though the camera crew's standing right there and could say, you may not want to wipe your butt with that. They didn't interfere when the world's oldest spider, a 43-year-old Jouse Villasus trapdoor spider, was attacked by a wasp. Uh, rest in, they didn't give her like a name. I guess since they're researching her, they don't want to get attached. So let's just say, rest in peace, cougar spider. The Monique Marvez Show, tossing to Michael Chappé. Monique Marvez Show, KFI AM 640. Yes, Cinco de Mayo. I have to keep saying it because I want you to feel festive and fun. That's why uh, you know I wanted to play the other version of CeeLo Green when I was talking about the mad Jersey pooper. But, you know, there's just there's just so far I can go, even though it's Saturday night. Anyway, so I went to a one-woman show a few days back. And, you know, I get asked to go see a lot of things. But there was something about this particular sort of setup, if you will, that I thought was it's it's a it's a one woman show. It's a woman who's admittedly of a certain age. She's not some kid looking to get a gig. 
She's already established. A one-woman show is a really naked kind of setup. So I figure a woman of a certain age is getting spiritually naked on Melrose. I'm going to see this. I want to go see this. (laughs) So my friend, Lois Robbins, was in the show Lover, not Lover, L-O-V-E-R, at the Zephyr last night. And uh, I... L O V E D it. <laughs> so, so Lois, I have to ask you, what made you? And I don't want to give away too much of the show. Decide to write a show about your past, including uh, entanglements, peccadillos, uh, lower chakra kind of things. Okay, it started as a book, but I don't want to. It the the play has nothing to do with the book, but I started writing a book. And I wasn't sure where I was going with it. I thought it was going to be sort of, I was calling it historical fiction because I didn't want to say it was <laughs> about my life. Yeah, exactly. And then um, I had an, an odd reading with a psychic um, who said, uh, tell me about your writing. And I hadn't mentioned anything about my writing at all. It was weird. And she said, um, your spirit guides are asking me to ask you what's going on with your writing because it seems you started writing a book. But they're telling me to tell you it isn't a book. It's a play. Now, I I was so blown away by that. I I didn't even know where to go with it. And those of you out there, I don't know if you believe in psychics, but I sort of believe in all things. And uh, Being a nice Jewish girl from Long Island, that's that's a stretch. Don't give that away. (laughs) (laughs) And then I went to sleep that night and my head was spinning. I could not sleep. And I thought, oh, wow. Okay. Got up, I started writing an outline for what I thought she was telling me it was about because there was one moment in the book where I was talking about my uh, private childhood. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. That. And um, <laughs> that is interesting. Yes. <laughs> and I thought that is what, what it's about. Now, why I chose to do it, I think um, there were a lot of reasons. One, I feel like um, I come from a. Um, a very nice family. Uh, I was very lucky growing up. I had two awesome parents and older sisters and a, a pretty charmed life. And I feel like throughout my entire career, I was hiding a little bit of where I came from because I thought, well, they won't think I need the job or, you know, my life is too normal. Wow. To a degree. And I That's also- such the reverse. <laughs> Most, yes, exactly. I'm hiding how good I had it. Exactly. That's brilliant. And um, And then I thought, you know, the hiding is not so good for your acting career because Mm-mm. acting is about getting naked. Mm-hmm. It's about revealing who you are. And it was an aha moment for me. And I thought, you know what? I hid everything. And you know that from seeing the play. I hid a lot of things. And I just thought, uh, now is the time. Now is the time to tell the the naked truth. And just so you know, when they talk about a movie, like a good movie or play or whatever, starting with an inciting incident... I have rarely seen a more inciting incident than the opening of your, I don't want to give it away. It's very much, look, the tickets are not expensive. We're going to put everything up on the website. December, I'm going to tell you right now, if you and your girlfriends were in the audience when the show started, you'd be like, okay, not what I expected. Not what I, do not have a mouthful of soda. Uh, do, Do not, you know, just be ready because me and my girlfriend Looked at each other. Now, here's the funny thing. And I never say these kind of things on the air, but I'm just going to let you know. Um, in Spanish, the word for uh, witch is bruja. And my friends call me bruja as a joke because I'm 
very intuitive. Call it whatever you want. You know, I don't like certain words because it sounds kind of Miss Cleo, rest in peace. I bet she didn't see that coming. But, <laughs> but, but that being said, um, I interestingly enough, as I was watching the show, and you're so into it, you probably don't even see the audience reacting. You tell a story about something you did to surprise someone that they didn't appreciate the surprise, and you talk about the repercussions. And before you even got to the later part in the show, I looked at a girlfriend of mine. I already knew where you were going to go based on that story Wow! because I have such strong feelings about the mind-body connection. And trust me, this show has everything to do with the mind-body connection. I totally saw it coming wow, and i, I reacted incredible. strongly you know I, it was like a thing like when the bruja happens yes. i can't you know instead of, yeah i love that because you're one of the and that's because you're obviously very psychically yeah connected, yeah I, a lot of people are very shocked by that by that moment that they don't see that coming and uh, no i totally saw it coming well, i'm glad because the, the universe seeks balance mm-hmm. and you're hiding forced something to be revealed Right. So that it's it, the show. Here's what's really strange. And Lois Robbins, who's my guest, if you're just tuning in, um, I like to always reset even in the middle of a break. Lois is on the show Younger, which is very successful. And how long have you been on that show? I just got cast in this recurring role. Um, so it's season five. That's amazing. It has been really a joy. I can't even explain to you how much I love working with that cast. Well, I but, remember Debbie Mazar when she was Madonna's makeup artist. She, well, Debbie, most of my scenes are with Debbie. Yeah, I, I met her husband. He writes the, the, the tiny world we live in. He has a cool little column called Under the Tuscan Gun. And uh, right, yeah, so, a place in Tuscany. Yeah, it's yeah. a tiny She's little. amazing. Well, we're on journeys, all of us, whoever's listening, you know, this isn't just about a one woman show, which I'm highly recommending. Everyone's on a journey. And whenever you can see somebody express their journey, whether it's a movie, a play, a book, the best kind of art has sort of metaphysical truths, which is why I'm a little addicted to Mad Men, uh, because everything is always plays up against what would really happen. Right. Nothing in your show feels like not only did it not happen, they were game changing moments like you cherry picked exactly what to say that anyone in the audience could say, like, I, I dated that guy. You know, I, I dated the I dated the guy that you looked the other way when there's more red flags flapping. There's more than, than like the front of the U.N. You know right. what I mean? I dated that guy. Um, the second thing that I really w- wanted to ask you and this is kind of personal is, do you think that your best work is ahead of you now that you've freed yourself and gotten naked? Oh, God, I could almost burst into tears with that question. Yes, absolutely. I do believe that there was a reason that I wrote it. It did open up like a well of emotion in me. It's it funny because I'm feeling your feelings. It was very, you know, it was very hard for me to, to get that real. And uh, I think one of the most poignant things that I say in the play and I and I don't mind telling this, but when I say um, if I was going to be imperfect, I would do it perfectly. That was a very point when that when that came to me. And it's an unbelievable um, story about that scene, because I had taken the play to a producer I had whose play I had done in New York a few years ago. And she loved it. And she said uh, that scene wasn't in it yet. And she said, I love this play. I want you to go out of town with it. And um, she said, I want you to write me one scene that will break my heart. (laughs) so right so i i 
I'm on a plane on my way to a wedding in Phoenix, Arizona, and I have my iPad with me and I'm writing it on my iPad. Mm-hmm. I got to Phoenix, Arizona, and I went to sit down at the desk when I checked into the hotel and just edit what I had written and everything was gone. And she said, I need a scene about adversity, something that's going to break my heart. And uh, I thought, well, adversity, the whole thing is gone. Everything I wrote on that plane ride is gone. And I thought, what were the things that I really, really wanted to say that meant something to me in that scene? And of course, I woke up and I thought, okay, Lois, let it go. The universe is telling you to let it go. I woke up in the morning. I rewrote it. All the things that I really wanted to say were there, including that line, which I just was so happy I remembered. And it was so much better, obviously, than what I had written initially. I, I think I got away from your question. But... No, no, you didn't actually. Okay. You, you. Not only did you not get away, you did exactly what great storytelling does, which is remind me of all the times that that things were better if I just. I always, I always jokingly tell people, if you can live with the not knowing, it's always so much better. Control's never going to create a happy ending. Mm. KFI AM six forty, the Monique Marvez show, tossing to Michael Chappé. Talking to Lois Robbins. She's at the Zephyr Theater. We're going to post everything on the page because we so very much want you to go see this show. It's fun. And and by the way, grab some girlfriends. This is a girlfriend. Let's go talk after the show show. It's that kind of show. It's it's delightful. It's powerful. It's delightful. It's um it's sexy. I'm gonna it's sexy. Don't <laughs> men I, love it too. Men do love it. They do, too. they do. And I'm and to be clear well, it's a conversation starter if you go as a couple. <laughs> but here's the last thing I want to say. Only go with your mom if she's cool. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? If you're cool, don't go see this. If your mom is not, if your mom thinks that you've only gone to second base, do not go. Yeah. So, How about my kids watching the play? Oh my. Yeah. That's been really interesting for them. And I have a son and he said to me on my uh, birthday last year, cause I did uh, a workshop of this out of New York city uh, last spring. And he said, well, mom, I'm really proud that you're my mom. I probably know more about you now than I should. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm really proud you're my mother. That's 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 a great. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. So so you know it it sounds funny, but you talk about your father passing in the play, and you and you say his voice a lot. I'm a complete daddy's girl. Mm-hmm. My dad. I jokingly say that my dad died ten years ago, and I'm just now getting over it. <laughs> you know, mine too. You know what? Well. And it's a funny thing. I find. That most people in the entertainment industry, successful women, I have an, a, a sort of a, a poll I do, are daddy's girls. Oh, I am. And why do you mm. think that? I just I'm I'm collecting answers. Almost all f- successful female stand-ups. When we did Latin Divas, when we did Snoop Dogg Presents the Bad Girls, I would to a one, they were daddy's girls. And so interesting. It's just like an informal poll energetically what that male energy, uh, what having a, a strong father figure. Well, for me, I mean, I'm the youngest of four women. Mm-hmm. Okay. My father was, I mean, he just loved his girls and we were all, but he always used to tell me I was his favorite. Of course, I was the baby. It wasn't until after he passed that we all found out we were all his favorite. Oh, <laughs> it was one <laughs> of those revelations. Yes, but what is it about that relationship? I think. 
there's something about having that first love, that father, that you, as you, I think there's wanting to please a little bit. Um, I don't, I know that was sort of my relationship with my father. I, I loved being the apple of his eye, uh, but I, there must be a little bit of entertainment in there um, that you don't even understand you're doing. But I think I was always a little bit wanting to be on, not on show for him, but um, at, on my, be- I don't know, at my best for him or pleasing him in some weird way, even though his love was certainly unconditional to a degree. But um, but that's the whole point of the play, actually, is that it really wasn't unconditional. Right, no, it really wasn't. I learned that, I guess, as I was writing it. Exactly. It was a very interesting. I have to say, writing the play over the full year that it took me to really hone it and everything else, and I'm still rewriting, by the way. I put something new in last night. Yay. Um it was it was a real exploratory uh, yeah. moment in my, my life. My dad was flawlessly flawed, I say. I'm a stand-up because my dad was manic depressive. Oh. And I learned, um, and I always say this on the show because I like to remind people, that it's impossible to have a negative thought and laugh at the same time. I am a stand-up comedian because as a child... I could watch him. I was the steward of his emotions. And I think that's even what honed my intuition. I think that's what I was trying to say in a way. I would see him start to slide. And I knew if I told just the right joke, I could short circuit right. it and send him in the other direction. Yes. And I tell people, we all have the power to be wizards. Uh, get get yourself a, a body of jokes. And whenever you see somebody sad, make them laugh. Make them laugh out loud. Mm. And you will short circuit the negativity. And my dad suffered from depression and that's why i'm a comic there's a direct correlation and i think that a lot of entertainers if they think about it their fathers needed respite or entertainment or distraction or something it's a it's an interesting relationship different than a regular Mm. father daughter i I also think you know for for me my dad really uh respected hard work Mm -hmm. and um and he really thought I was good at what I did. I mean, he really wasn't pleased that I wanted to be an actor, but he was very supportive because he thought I was good. And I loved well, you, you I, are. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> Based you. Based on what I saw, thank, you're amazing. Thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, I, that means so much to me. I have to tell you, I think you're amazing. Well, thank you. Um, really. And um, yeah, so I think that I just uh, I loved I loved that he was proud of me. That's I was waiting to get. There's something about making your people proud. There's something about making your people proud. And this is what I'm going to close out on is that. And thank you so much, Lois, for being here. And I want everyone to see Lover. And we're going to put L-O-V-E-R. And we're going to. It's an acronym. I get it. I get it. And we're going to put it on the website. Um, It's an interesting thing. When you talk about being proud, I talk about everything being energy. And there's a reason why the synonym for money is currency. And I like to tell people there's some things that are more money than money, that are more cash than cash. And when something's truly entertaining, it rises above the ticket price, the valet parker, you know, whatever you paid to see Hamilton, you knew you were happy to. So good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, and my point is there's a there's a reason I put that in the sentence. When something. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Raises you above. That is more money than money. And I have to tell you that although my tickets were comped, <laughs> um, your, your show is currency. It's well, money. Well, the fact it's that you energy. put me in the same line as Hamilton, I'll take that home with me. Yay! <laughs> so, Lois, thank you for being here. I very rarely interview people. Please, please, please go see L-O-V-E-R. It's going to make you think about your uh, own stupid boyfriends and happy endings. Is that okay? Can I say it that That's way? Great. I didn't give away nope, too much? No, you did not. Okay. okay. KFI AM 640, The Monique Marvez Show. <laughs> KFI AM 640, The Monique Marvez Show. I can't say enough. Uh, one of the reasons I played Kaja Gugu, shy, shy, hush, hush, is because Lois's show is, there's nothing shy about it. The the opening is like, oh, wow, wow. Um, so here we are, Cinco de Mayo. First of all, this story, PC can get a little bizarro. Uh, last week, last Monday, I didn't even realize this, uh, we went to lunch, December posted a picture of me in a vintage dress, it's kind of got like a style to it like a princess vintage silky dress and somebody said something about it not being culturally appropriate or that it was culturally appropriate i had no idea what that was about i hadn't dug into that you know mess well utah teen shamed for wearing racist dress to prom sparking cultural appropriation cultural appropriation debate now i'm looking at the pictures and she's wearing one of those you know uh, it's it's a traditional dress. It has a mandarin collar. It has f- what they call frogs, which is kind of like those hook and eye silk fasteners, a slit up the side, short sleeves. It's silk. It has a pattern. We've all seen them in thrift stores. You don't really see them new unless you go to like an Asian market. It is a traditional Chinese, I guess it's called a Chiang Sam. I'm sure I mispronounced that. I'm not Chinese. Dress to her high school prom. Uh, Kezia Duam, that's her name, a blue-eyed girl, can't tell you what her nationality is, don't care. Kezia Duam is not apologizing for wearing what she calls a beautiful Chinese dress to her high school prom, despite receiving backlash from thousands of people online, some of whom called her a closet racist and accused her of cultural appropriation. Now, I don't even, I've heard the term cultural appropriation I, it goes as far back as Elvis. There's always been beef that Elvis stole sort of the the R&B, the black movement, that sound that he appropriated it with, and the fact that he was a white guy with soul and a hell of a hip twitch. You know, it it was it was cultural appropriation. Now, I know that I'm going to get in trouble for this, but what does that mean? How can you scream diversity on one hand and cultural appropriation on the other? Are we mixing it up? Are we stirring the pot or are we not? That's my question to you. If a white girl with blue eyes wants to wear a Chinese dress, does that not mean that she's celebrating diversity? That she thinks that the Asian culture came up with a hot dress? She's 
absolutely gorgeous. It's just she just posted this on Sunday the 22nd with a, just a simple caption, prom. And ever since then, it has 108,000 comments. 24,000 people are talking about this. First of all, I would have never known Kezia Duam from Utah if people hadn't made such a big deal. So good for you. Evidently, if there's one thing we've learned in, in the New World Order, notoriety is just as good as celebrity. Uh, somebody actually asked, what's the theme of your life? Ignorant? This was retweeted 4,400 times, and she's fielding hundreds of angry comments. Now, I did not comment on Kezia Duam's beautiful Asian dress, uh, because people who live in glass houses th- shouldn't throw stones. By the way... I own, at this moment in time, in my closet, three different forms of this dress that I have bought in vintage. I have a solid black one, I have an emerald green one, and I have a red one. And I love them. And is, is it because I'm olive-complected, I've had almond eyes, and people never quite know what I am because I'm one of those polyethnic people that people always ask, what are you? What are you? You say you're Latina, but are you are you Native American? Are you Indian? I've been called Hawaiian. I've been asked if I'm if I'm you know. And when the Indian, I mean Native American, not East Indian. I know you got to be careful. You don't want to even that's you can't say. I'm I'm a person. I'm a girl. I'm a girl that likes a pretty dress, and something tells me that Kezia Duam is a girl that likes a pretty dress. So I said this a few weeks ago, and I'm going to bring it back around. Bill Murray stripes. Lighten up, Francis. Everybody, cut the girl some slack. She looks beautiful. And I don't I, I don't think that we can, you know, blackface is cultural appropriation. There is some there are some Caucasian kids that go real crazy with the rapper culture with the grills and the whatnot. Okay. Isn't self-expression the name of the game? Isn't that what we're shooting for? Back me up, accountants. Don't leave me hanging. For those of you just tuning into the Monique Marvez show, the accountants is what I call the millennials. Because I think everybody under 30 is holding us all accountable, and I'm okay with that. I think that, that Kezia Duam, an 18-year-old accountant, looked fantastic in her prom dress, and that would have been my comment. Poo, poo, cultural appropriation. i got to watch what I say because in the last hour we had an actual poo poo-pooer so anyway um i don't want to dwell on this very long i just want to talk about poo-poo bill cosby's ever loyal wife camille breaks silence calls for an investigation in the da and his cohorts last year when they had a hung trial uh hung jury or a mistrial whatever uh camille cosby came out and said all kinds of horrible things about the victims about the system she has stood by her husband the whole time. And I'm going to tell you right now, um, she is in denial. On some level, you can't live with somebody and not know that something is not right. You may not know exactly what it is, but I'm going to tell you from personal experience, my third husband was a weirdo. Things came out during the divorce process and depositions that confirmed he was a weirdo. He was, he was not a weirdo. Weirdo is a a term. He lied about things that I always suspected that he'd lied about. And I specifically, uh, for lack of a better term, guided my attorney towards certain kinds of questions in the deposition. 
and you know every everything that I doubted and feared and wondered and had a weird feeling and sort of hmm this nagging unpaid bill hmm something's not right when we got divorced and he was deposed I was right and on some level I knew and I'm going to put this out there to Camille Cosby I understand the power of denial and I understand why you're in denial because you do not want to believe that you were married to a monster to a serial rapist doesn't deny like I said last week that he wasn't you know Dr. Huxtable you can be both he can be your husband and a monster they're not mutually exclusive my advice to you Camille be quiet you're not the one going to jail you're not the one paying the fines You're not the one trying to get over the attacks. You're just embarrassed on a very huge scale. And you know what? You're not the first woman to be embarrassed by being married to a very bad man. This is the Monique Marvez Show on KFI AM 640. The time has come for us to say KFI AM 640, the Monique Marvez Show. Now, my great in L.A. is, it's going to be one of the best great in L.A.s that I've done in a while because I had forgotten about this. My friend sent me a text years ago. I have a friend, um, and we don't share information. <laughs> She's on Ion L.A., Tina Malave, and I've actually done an episode with her. And she sent me a text that they were doing this. Now, I, let me back up the train. I like, to, I like to not tell you exactly where the place is, but I'm just going to open up with it. Yamashiro's. Now, for those of you who, and I'm not, you know, giving you any grief. A lot of people don't know what Yamashiro's is, where Yamashiro's is, the history of Yamashiro's. Now, Yamashiro's was, is to a degree and always will be a fabulous venue, restaurant. It started out as a private home at the beginning of the last century. And then during the situations with the prejudice against Japanese people, uh, I don't know the exact history. I don't have it in front of me. It's not important. But it's an enormous Japanese compound at the top of the Hollywood Hills above the Magic Castle. It's very easy to find. Once you're looking for it. I had never heard of Yamashiro's when I started coming out to L.A. in the early 90s as an open micer. And in 1994 and a half, summer of 94, so do the math, a long time ago, I had a meeting with a woman named Pam Brady. And I say that because I love watching people and watching their careers go places. And I hope people are watching me. I mean, that's the good thing of social media. She ended up producing on South Park. She was interested in comedy talent. She was one of the first people that reached out to me when I was a super nobody from nowhere, just just bursting onto the scene. And after the meeting, she said, you should go to Yamashiro's. And I said, what's Yamashiro's? And she gave me the address and she said, it's very L.A. and it's very beautiful. And I, you know, I had very little money and I was driving an old car. I was driving a Maxima before it was a Maxima when it was a Datsun B10 or a four-door something before the Maxima. I'm trying to remember, but it was a Datsun. 
and uh, it was a diesel. And I and I I drove up the hill, and it's a very 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 steep drive, but the view. I remember I got a California roll and a Diet Coke because that's all I could afford. And the view. And I have always had a place in my heart for Yamashiro's. I've been, every time I have people in from out of town, I take them there. And it's a wonderful, wonderful place. Well, a couple of years ago, in fact, um, when we do the Pastathon, which is December 7th this year, I always give, you know, donate dinner and a comedy show. And uh, two years ago, when the people that bought me, (laughs) we wants the redhead. They don't even have that anymore in Pirates of the Caribbean. When the people that bought me said, where do you want to meet for dinner? I said, if it's appropriate, Yamashiro's. And they said, that's our one of our favorite places. One of our earliest dates was a nice couple. And uh, and I met them there. And, you know, I got emails because I was on their mailing list that said Yamashiro's is closing. It's closing. I couldn't believe it. After X amount of years, the property had been sold. But, but, my girlfriend Tina had told me a couple of years ago they had started doing this late night farmer's market Thursday night hang up at the top of the hill. Well, I thought that was done when Yamashiro shut down. But the other day I was driving around and I had a a couple of ideas for Great in L.A., but I drove by the sign right there, right by the entrance near the Magic Castle. And it said that the Yamashiro's Farmer's Market was happening. Now, it goes on in the evening till 9 o'clock. I think it's 5 to 9. And it's got live music. It's not like a regular Farmer's Market, but how could it be? It's at Yamashiro's. They have a, a pool and a Buddha and... It's, it's amazing. So I got there. I went up the hill, and they said the parking was full. But here is even better. They have parking at La Brea, 7107 Hollywood Boulevard. You can park at, at this mosaic entrance, which I think is like a non-denominational super granola crunchy church. You can park there, and who knows, maybe that's going to be a great in L.A. And then they'll shuttle you up the hill to Yamashiro's if you don't want to park and pay for the parking up at the top or if it's full or if you get there late. But it was beyond magical. It was worth the shuttle. It was worth the crowds. It was to be up there with music and produce and people and puppies. It's, it is summertime in Hollywood at the highest, highest level. This is one of my best grade in L.A.'s. Once I stumbled upon it again, then, then it's kind of like passing the information back. I texted Tina go, it's still here, and it's still wonderful. I like to draw attention to things that are free and beautiful. Well, it's $5 in the shuttle. But, I mean, that's pretty cheap for an awesome date. I'm sure you could probably sneak your own wine coolers in. I didn't say they were all going to be free. But it's beautiful. It's magical. A Thursday night in the summer is absolutely, you know, the place to be is, is the Yamashiro's Farmer's Market on Thursday night. So I promised you I'd circle back around to Will Ferrell and Molly Shannon. Well, evidently, they covered the Rose Bowl parade for Amazon Studios as health and fitness expert Cord Hosenback and Tish Cadigan. The pictures are hilarious. They're hilarious. Will Ferrell is bald. Will Ferrell is bald. And Molly Shannon is wearing this ridiculous, you know, fascinator. 
And uh, so evidently they owned this these characters after they did a two-episode stint on L.A. Law. They're back for ro- for the royal wedding. And uh, the, now they're on HBO. So they've been kicked up. Uh, that's what's... So just in case you decide that you want to watch the royal wedding in a very tongue-in-cheek way, now you know that you can have uh, Tish and Cord, just the hosen back. That's, you got to know, hosen back? Really? Hose in back? Come on, Will. That is pretty funny and probably more than just a little bit wink at a British boys' school kind of culture. All right, I said it. When we come back, One of my favorite stories of the week. It is a shocker. How often do I use the word shocker on the Monique Marvez show? It's Cinco de Mayo on KFI AM 640. Tossing to Michael Chappé. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. KFI AM 640, the Monique Marvez Show. Now, you know, in this sort of culture, I don't want to call it Me Too culture. I'm going to call it the tectonic shift culture. Let's call it, let's call it, you know, the balance, the balancing. People, Bruce Springsteen had an album that came out in 01 after 9-11 called The Rising that was nominated for Album of the Year up against... Eminem's album and I thought it was so awesome that two people that are so incredibly different that I absolutely adore were up against each other for album of the year and I love the whole concept of the rising and a lot of you have seen me you know hashtag the rise I, I love the whole idea of you know your spirit going up let's do this next level higher vibration take it higher you know vibrate higher great outcast song I'll use that another time but the reason why I played LaBelle, Lady Marmaline, is because right now we're in the time of the balance. Things are just balancing out. It's a tectonic shift. I don't, I don't want to get too wrapped around the axle of me too and men did many bad things for a real long time. And I'm not about that. I'm about, hey, women have had great jobs for a long time. You know, we're, we're now feeling stronger. It's just like going to a gym. It took a long time for everybody's voices and positions and standing in society to get strong enough to say, hey, this is a big fat no me gusta. We're stopping this behavior. Notice how I threw in that Spanish on Cinco de Mayo. So when I saw this headline, a couple of things struck me, which is, again, you know, this happened a while back. But people are feeling like, I want to get my two cents in. I want to get my me too in. And I respect that. You want to get something off your chest? Fine. I just don't want to dwell on things forever. But in the, in, for the sake of the balance, here it is. 
Redskins cheerleaders felt forced to escort and entertain men during Costa Rica trip, report says. Now, evidently, they went on a calendar photo shoot trip to Costa Rica in 2013. So we're talking about something that happened a long time ago. But let's face it, just the fact that the owner still insists on calling them the Washington Redskins, that already, when you talk about stuff trickling down from the top, there's been a lot of debate about that, and it's a very powerful name. They've proven that it's a very strong brand. The NFL is a very strong thing, entity, brand, moneymaker, machine, complex. Several Washington Redskins cheerleaders were reportedly forced to pose topless and act as escorts during a calendar shoot in 2013. Three dozen cheerleaders. Why you need 36 chicks? But I guess they have like the main squad, the B squad. Three dozen cheerleaders made the trip to Occidental Grand Papagayo. I don't even like the name of that. An adults-only resort for the photo shoot, according to the New York Times. They were forced to pose topless and wearing body paint. However, the near-nude photos were never published. No, that was just for people to get their jollies. Uh, The Redskins had also invited sponsors, cash, dinero, capital, all male, to the photo shoot. It was a show. It was a review. Let's be honest. They hoodwinked these girls by telling them you're going to be in a calendar and to doing a Vegas burlesque that they had not rehearsed or planned for. At least that's my assessment. So they invited sponsors, all male, to the photo shoot, and nine of the cheerleaders were chosen. Like, if this doesn't sound quasi, you know, North Dallas 40 meets Taken, I I don't even think I'd go to Costa Rica in 2013. Anyway, and if you're Costa Rican listening on the app, no offense, just, you know. Anyway, probably already offended. Uh, to the photo shoot, and nine of the cheerleaders were chosen to act as personal escorts to a nightclub later that night, the cheer, the Times reported. They weren't putting a gun to our heads, but it was mandatory for us to go, one cheerleader who spoke on condition of anonymity told the newspapers. We weren't asked, we were told. Other girls were devastated because we knew exactly what she was doing. Ex-NFL cheerleaders offered to settle disputes for a dollar in exchange for meeting with Goodell. Now, what that means is we don't want the money. We don't. Now, let's be clear. First of all, the whole concept of these cheerleaders that are quasi-naked with the big Shimbolskis, which Dallas kind of started that, and Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys, you know, of course, the biggest brand in football is Dallas Cowboys, the number two brand, Washington Redskins. Hello. Um, but as I read this, you know, as I went on through the story, what basically came out was that one of the pers- one of the people affiliated with the squad said, I guess they thought you were prostitutes, the, the woman told the squad. She vehemently denied in an interview with the newspaper that the cheerleaders were forced to go to the club with the men and said that the women who went were not chosen by the sponsors. Now, this woman, uh, her last name is Judge, I know I'm going to get it so wrong, 
her name is Stephanie Jajokian. I'm not even kidding. J-O-J-O-K-I-A-N. Like, are you Jajokian, Stephanie? You're going to, you're, come on. There's 36 chicks against you. What really bothers me kind of in this balancing act, and as I even spoke out against Camille Cosby in the last break saying, you know, the victims are like this and the, and the DA should be questioned. I believe these girls. I believe them just like I believe the girls that were at the Bella Caroli saying that the Carolis looked the other way when Nasser was having his way with them in a place where they were isolated and their cell phones didn't work. Why? Because women are inherently people pleasers. We want, we are taught, it is inculcated in us. Actually, going all the way back to the first hour, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give you some some reveal. Part of Lois Robinson's show is about how her mother kept kind of telling her, you're nothing without a man. I believe that if you're already in cheerleader culture, no different than beauty queen culture, Olympic culture, there's a culture of perfection. There's a culture of beauty. There's a culture of you're only as good as your last air quotes show. It's a culture. And it's being balanced out now. And I felt that even though there is a part of me that's like, mm, a jaundiced die, like, well, if you're a cheerleader, you kind of know what you signed up for. No, you should have a right to, to don your outfit, you know, juggle your Shimbolskis because they're yours and say yes or no without fear of repercussions. That's just what I have to say about it. This is the Monique Marvez Show on KFI AM 640, tossing to Michael Chappé. Then I'm walking in Memphis Just walking with my feet ten feet off a beam Walking in Memphis But do I really feel the way I feel KFI AM 640, the Monique Marvez Show. And yes, please go to the page. What do we have at the page? We have information about Lois's show. We have uh, the last third hour podcast is still up there. We have mugshot of the week. We have we have a, a it's a cornucopia of goodness. Also, I've I've started posting when I perform. I'm going to be at Hermosa Beach Comedy and Magic Club on Friday, the 18th of May. So please, please, please uh, come out and see me at Hermosa Beach. It's a great club, and I'm going to be doing more stuff locally because you guys have asked. So. I'm uh, I'm lining up some stuff with the Hollywood Improv. I've done some stuff at Ha Ha. I I made you a promise at the beginning of this year that I would keep you in the loop of where I'm going to be. I want to know where you are. Thank you for all the tweets and the love. It's Cinco de Mayo, and we're almost uh, we're almost ready to go out and party. Your official date, Monique Marvez, will be signing off very shortly. But first, you know we always like to end on the good stuff. I love this story. Missing hiker faces huge bill for rescue operation after he was found in luxury hotel. Now, when I first read this story, do you guys remember a few years ago, the politician that allegedly, supposedly went hiking by himself in the Appalachians, but it turned out that he had a honey on the side and that he'd been cheating on his wife for a while and it was a big scandal. It was, uh, I've been doing talk radio for a long time so I have like in the back of my brain like not the first time a man has disappeared hiking alone at night what was he up to but this was evidently first of all he's 70 years old you shouldn't be hiking alone it's I mean he looks I'm looking at the picture 
You know, ageism is one of the worst prejudices in our country. He's a, he's a hot 70-year-old. He's attractive. Uh, a missing hiker who sparked a huge search operation when he checked into a luxury hotel rather than returning home is facing a bill of thousands of dollars for wasting rescuers' time. Christopher Chamley, 70, an economics professor at Boston University. This is not a dumb, silly man. I don't think this is the whole story. I think we're going to find out that Christoph Chamley, hot 70-year-old professor, has a, you know, he's, he's got, there's something going on. He planned a solo hike over two mountains in New Hampshire last month, but failed to return home once he had completed the trek. I'm going to tell you right now, I have a friend named Lori. I'm not going to say last names. Robin Bertolucci has asked me not to. <laughs> I always forget and just blurt them out, and then poor Josh has to hit the dump button. But my friend Lori, she was in a bad way with her husband, like big bad way. And she decided that she was going to hike down the Grand Canyon by herself for her 50th birthday, and she'd started practicing her hikes, and everything was all about, it's about my 50th birthday, and I want to hike down into the Grand Canyon by myself. Blah, blah, blah. She started hiking all over L.A. and San Diego and preparing and preparing. And then we went to lunch at Marie Callender's and she dropped the bomb that she had a male friend that was going to meet her in Arizona. I said, that's not good juju. If you don't want to be married, just get divorced. Don't have this big giant subterfuge, air quotes, friend joining you. Here's what absolutely really happened. And you guys can always tell. Everybody's got like a truth thing in their abdomen you know the truth when you hear it she never made the hike she went to Arizona she was all ready to go and she tripped like 20 minutes in horrific trip over a rock gashed her knee open could barely walk back up to the top like limping people helping her big fat mess ended up in a hotel room filled with remorse and uh and not able to commit in either direction And just so you know, the end of the story, she did end up getting divorced. She did have a time where she dated her said, air quotes, friend who was supposed to make the hike with her. And that ended in a absolute fiery, like almost worse than the fall. Now let's get back to this guy. The 70-year-old opted to rest his legs at a luxury hotel and sent his wife a message at 1 a.m., to let her know that he was fine and well. However, the message failed to send, prompting his panicked wife, who probably on some level figured he was up to something, and was relieved when she didn't hear from him. How many times have you heard a woman say, boy, you better, you know, it's 2 o'clock in the morning and I haven't heard from you. You better be in trouble. Something bad. You better be in like the drunk tank. A huge search operation saw 25 rescuers in snow vehicles and the National Guard helicopter and special cold weather equipment deployed. Yeah, the hiker began his trek across Mount Adams and Mount Jefferson in New Hampshire's White Mountain National Forest around 745 on April 22nd. He managed to summit both mountains, but then he headed for the Omni Mount Washington Resort Hotel. He checked in around 1 a.m., and that's when he sent the message which his wife failed to check if it had, but he failed to check if it had gone through. I don't believe that for one second. Hours into their search, rescuers were alerted to Mr. Chamley's whereabouts by staff at the hotel. The hiker has now been warned he will likely be billed for the operation for negligent actions. 
Yeah. In 2009, teenager Scott Mason was issued a $25,000 bill for a three-day mountain search. But that was, you know, three-day mountain search, and who knows what the kid was up to. I'm going to tell you right now, he was happy that the text didn't go through. He was going to say, hey, I'm sorry the text didn't go through. He was probably looking for a place where the text wouldn't go through. What he didn't think was that his wife was going to get the all-hands-on-deck. We're going to follow this story because I'm going to bet you dollars to donuts there's more to it. This is a very cute story. Again, this is the follow-up. Boy Scouts changing name to Scouts, BSA, as girls are welcomed into the program. You remember? We were like, how's it going to be, you know, Boy Scouts of America? Well, BSA is just like KFC because they don't want to say fried chicken. They just want to say, hey, it's KFC. There's nothing unhealthy going on over here. So they kept the BSA name, the BSA, but girls are welcomed into the program. And I wonder if one of the badges is being, um, you know, uh, PC and not having cultural appropriation. I wonder if you get a badge for not culturally appropriating anything and not being sexist. And now, as always, I end on my best story of the week. You remember the story about the two African-Americans that were arrested in Starbucks for kind of no apparent reason? Even though they could have gotten huge settlements, the two of them that were arrested settled for $1 a piece. But what they did say was that they wanted a city fund of $200,000 to grant a program for high school students aspiring to become entrepreneurs. So for all of its positivity, Starbucks has actually been taken to task and they're going to put $200,000 forward in the city of brotherly, brotherly love where they were showing some very unbrotherly behavior to help young, aspiring entrepreneurs. That's putting your money where your mouth is. These guys could have pocketed a nice chunk of change. They settled for a buck apiece. This is the Monique Marvez Show on KFI AM 640, closing the way I always do. Love hard, forgive harder, and get as happy as you can as fast as you can. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.